this is Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow is a nonprofit organization engaging the public on critical quality of life issues so we make informed choices for our community's future. Visit us on the web at seavilletomorrow.org. On November 7, 2017, Voters in the city of Charlottesville go to the polls to elect their representatives to three seats on the Charlottesville School Board. This recording is Brian Wheeler's October 9, 2017 interview with Lisa Larson-Torres. Other candidates in this race include incumbent Leah Perrier and incumbent Juan Diego Wade. Ms. Larson-Torres, thank you for participating in this interview with Charlottesville Tomorrow. The complete audio recording and written transcript for this interview will be available online. Information from this interview will be used in the compilation of the nonpartisan voter guide being produced by Charlottesville Tomorrow. Charlottesville Tomorrow does not endorse any candidates, and our goal is to provide information to the public so they can make an informed vote on issues primarily related to land use, transportation, public education, and community design. As you are aware, the first two questions you will be asked have been provided in advance. For the others, you have been provided only the topic in advance. All school board candidates will be asked the same questions. We ask that you keep these questions confidential until all candidates have been interviewed. Each candidate will be provided an opportunity to review the excerpts selected for the voter guide before its publication. Are you ready to start? Sure. Question number one. Please describe your past experience that qualifies you to be on the Charlottesville School Board. Well, first off, thank you for having me here today. Um, I have lived and worked in Charlottesville for the last 18 years. I've raised my daughter here, and she's attended the city schools, uh, Burnley Moran, Walker Upper Elementary, and uh, Buford, and now she is a sophomore at um, Charlottesville High School. While she was in elementary school, I began my close relationship and involvement with the school as we worked to identify and create accommodations for her based on her IEP. I feel like my unique perspective and journey through the years as a parent and a collaborator are my strengths and that's what I can bring to the school board. I've also participated on the Special Education Advisory Committee for the last six years and I've attended most, if not all, of the school board meetings and their work sessions over the last couple years as well. Um, I was involved in uh, Virginia's Decoding Dyslexia, which is a grassroots parent um, group that work to um, increase uh, family supports and educational interventions for dyslexia working to increase awareness um, and supports, and then also working and meeting with legislators to address dyslexia and um, the kids you know, for, in Virginia. But there's also um, decoding dyslexia groups all throughout the country, so that's been pretty exciting. In my advocacy for my daughter, I learned a lot, and I continue to learn a lot, um, mostly from her. Um, she's a fighter. She's someone who perseveres and wants to succeed. As I've watched her work hard to keep up, there were several roadblocks and challenges along the way. Um, one of the things that I worked uh, closely with her on 
as she's unique in the sense that even though she has an IEP, she takes a lot of honors level um, courses, is realizing that she was not able to um, complete the foreign language requirements that most kids take, Spanish, French, German, whatever that is, to, to get their advanced diploma. So she was on track for that, but, but was not able to uh, take the, the standard foreign languages. So seeing her and hearing her struggle with what that might look like um, and working then with administrators, um, we came up with the idea, and I approached the board a couple of years ago asking them if they would consider adding American Sign Language to their course of study, um, as that was something that really interested her. So they did do that, and now she's in her second year um, of taking American Sign Language. So um, I think that was pretty, pretty exciting and pretty cool, a way to look outside the box or work outside the box to... Um, you know, help her, but also hopefully other kids um, by adding that option for a foreign language that they can add. Question number two. What is your top priority for action by the school board during the next four years? Well, there are so many things that are important to me, but I think probably uh, my top um, priority would, would again fall back to literacy. Um, as my daughter is a struggling uh, reader, um, is dyslexic. So a lot of my work has been focused around that, again, in collaborating with educators and administrators and working closely with special education. Um, often sat down and, and, and had conversations about the optimal strategies that would work best for a child who is a struggling reader, specifically a child that has dyslexia. Um, you know, looking and, and talking about whole language versus a type of um, educational strategy focused m more on decoding or phonics type of things, Wilson, Orton, um, Gillingham, those types of um, strategies as opposed to what was, was provided when she was in early elementary school. So I think throughout the years, um, what they have offered and now if we look at the extended Bridges, Bridges literacy program that they have available um, in the elementary schools K through 4 and up through 5th grade you'll see that a lot of the strategies that they're incorporating for these kids who are struggling readers um, do incorporate Wilson and, and um, programs like that so I'm, I'm hopeful and will continue to probably spend a lot of my time focused on that because it, it is near and dear to my heart and it is a little bit personal. Um, I also feel um, that equal access and educational opportunities for all kids um, are crucial, you know, and then that leads into the funding for that and what that might look like, but that's something that um, I, I will definitely focus on. And then um, definitely looking at compensation for our educators, um, how they're supported in the school system. Um, and allowing them to bring the best that they have to our students. Question number three. What are your priorities for the Charlottesville Albemarle Technical Education Center and should KTech build a new facility at Piedmont Virginia Community College? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think KTech um, is an area of our uh, education and, and a a part of our community that I continue to, to learn more about 
and to be very impressed um, with what they do offer as far as our young high school students and uh, adults in the community as far as options. Um, as far as my pri priorities for them, I think would be to continue to support them um, as they support our kids and, and preparing them for uh, you know, the workforce and, and to be citizens and, and also providing options for kids um, to meet their own personal success. Um, I think it's pretty impressive what they do offer as far as partnerships um, in the community and the different programs that they offer, um, you know, ranging from health care to auto body repair, um, emergency medical tech, all of those types of things. Um, so I'd like to see, you know, both uh, an ongoing relationship, um, you know, between the Charlottesville City Schools and Albemarle to support them as far as the new location. Um, I don't know a lot about that or why um, that might be necessary. I know their enrollment continues to increase, um, so making sure that that's something that's, that's looked at carefully and studied, um, you know, I'm in support of doing that, and I look forward to looking at that more closely if I'm on the board. Question number four. Name both a revenue item and an expense item in the school budget that you're concerned about and tell us why. Again, if, if and when I'm on the board here, I'll be pretty much jumping right into budget season. Um, so I expect to be uh, pretty immersed in, in what that looks like um, in looking at both revenues and expenditures. Um, as far as a, a revenue um, issue or an item, um, you know, a, appreciative and, and understanding that the city does, you know, the majority of the funding as far as revenues for the schools. And I think it's important and crucial that um, the school board work closely with city council and the community so that everybody understands, you know, what the priorities are for the school and what the needs are. Um, I expect to learn a lot about revenue sharing as well and um, those issues that, that might be at hand as far as um, the relationship between Albemarle County and the city schools and, and um, also then um, a big learning curve as far as you know who, who the city and how the city um, collaborates with um, our legislators who then go to the state um, and look at funding and, and um, advocating for our school division as well. Um, as far as expenditures, um, you know, I think there are a lot of things on the table um, and that, that the school board is looking at. Um, some specific things that are on the table are looking at capacity issues and configuration, which um, of, of the current schools and um, realizing that there are some capacity concerns so something is, is you know needs to be done and I know that the school board is, is looking at options and meeting with um, architects um, and plans to bring some things to the community here soon for some feedback and 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 so making sure that the funding is there for that but the rest of you know the uh, operational costs don't suffer you know so I think we're gonna have to look at some creative um, funding options for that. Question number five. What would you like to see changed about the way the school board and the superintendent do business both at its meetings and outside the public eye? 
Well, as I said, I mean, I've attended um, all the school board meetings at, at least for the last year and a half. I don't think I've missed any of those, attended all of the work sessions. So um, what I observe sitting in the audience, you know, or as, as a member listening and watching the school board members, I feel like um, they all have you know, obviously their own unique personalities um, and strengths that they bring. Um, and I, it appears that they work well. I mean, it's obvious that, that everybody has different opinions or may have different opinions, but it appears to me that they're respectful and it appears that they have a great relationship with the superintendent, which I think is important uh, for both the board and the superintendent and administration to have a respectful um, relationship, you know, publicly, and I can't really speak to what goes on, you know, behind closed doors because I am not privy to that. But, um, you know, I think being able to agree and disagree respectfully, um, being a great listener is important. Um, you know, I think uh, listening if there are things that, that the public wants to know or, or see or hear more about. Um, I think it's important for the public to show up to the meetings um, and be engaged. So I'm not sure that, that there is, um, you know, anything necessarily or specifically that needs to be changed, but I think everybody is open and willing to hear. That. Question number six. What would you like to see what would you like to change about teacher compensation and performance measurements if elected? Teacher compensation, more money. <laughs> Bottom line. Um, but I realize that you know that's just a piece to the to, to the overall budget. But there's no doubt in my mind, um, again, as an observer and listener to board meetings, uh, you know, as far as the desire to compensate our teachers well to support them with uh, whether it be professional development or whatever types of supports they need. Um, if I had a magic wand, you know, and, and could just um, increase their their salaries across the board, I'd definitely do it. And I think most of the board members would agree, if not all of them, to do that. Um, as far as performance measurements. Um, you know, I, I do believe there needs to be some type of accountability. I don't know that there's, um, you know, a perfect way to do that. Um, I think we have some incredibly talented teachers and educators in our system. I feel like through the years um, there have been an awful lot of unfunded mandates, um, which I know has to affect what they're able to do in a classroom setting. I have a lot of, a lot of my best friends are teachers. Um, so I see what they do um, in the classroom and, and after hours um, and all summer long. Um, so I think we need to let them do their magic, you know. Um, but again, as far as accountability, you know, I feel like there's enough assessments that, that go on and enough scores, you know, that are looked at as far as whether teachers are, are, are doing well or if a certain classroom, and I think that's not just related to standards of learning types of scores, but there's enough going on throughout the year, and I think, um, you know, the administration, you know, think they watch, you know, and, and they know who's struggling, so support to our teachers, you know, we need to retain them. 
Question number seven. If elected, what will you do to help our community move forward in the aftermath of this past summer's violent demonstrations, and how will you seek to best represent and effectively serve our economically and racially diverse communities? It was a heck of a summer. It's been hard on everybody. I would hope it's been hard on everybody. I, I think it's eye-opening. Um, and you're right. I mean, Charlottesville's definitely in the spotlight, um, and, and it has been tough as far as moving forward. Um, that's a great question. I think there are a lot of conversations that are happening, a lot of dialogue, and a lot of different areas within our community. Um, you know, I think the administration um, was incre incredibly supportive to kids and families and, and staff at the beginning of the year, and I think they continue to do so. Um, I think we need to keep this in the forefront. Um, this weekend, you know, we had another um, showing of, um, you know, scare, scare tactics. Um, so it's not something that I think is going away as far as the events or the incidents that have kind of stirred the pot. Um, I think, you know, I, I am doing my best personally to show up, to be a good listener. Um, I want to be part of these dialogues, um, initiate the dialogues. Um, you know, I, I will be available and I'll be accountable to anybody who wants to approach me as a board member or as a community member um, to share concerns that they have. You know, I think we need to do this in a positive way. Um, I know there's a lot of anger in, in pockets of, of the community, and rightly so, but I think we need to find a way to, to, to sit down and, and talk about the issues that people are angry about, but, you know, with... with um, the intent to be positive and, and work together, and and I will do that, and and I will, like I said, be accountable, and I'll be president, present, <laughs> not president. Um, so that's what I can do. Question number eight: What are your priorities for the school division's future facility needs? So, like I said, um, the school board just had a, a recent work session meeting with VMDO and and. Um, some people from the university looking at capacity issues. Um, I, I know, and it really wasn't on, on my radar as much as it is now, um, you know, that they, they looked at reconfiguration years ago and kind of had a plan, and then I think the community um, or uh, the economy kind of crashed, so the, the money just wasn't there to move forward with whatever they had um, kind of focused on at that point. Um, so I think the big issues now are, are um, you know, are the questions that the board and that are important to me and looking at are, um, looking at, I think, what is appropriate as far as the configuration of what the middle school grades should be. Um, you know, I think a big concern that has been voiced not only by parents, and I had this as a concern personally, but I know even principals have, have voiced concerns about the number of transitions that are currently within our school system. Um, 
I definitely I feel very strongly about that 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 needs to change um, again personally and related to my daughter um, who does have an IEP and has you know different team members that are involved with her you know changing um, you know every couple of years was just really really hard for her um, but I think it's hard on all the kids you know especially as they're getting into um, you know their teen years preteen years um, you know having relationships and then also allowing families to feel connected to a school or you know to a certain setting I mean it's just too short of a time so I think again um, looking at and, and and probably changing the configuration of what the the middle school um, and how much time is being spent there um, it's a big budget you know a big big budget item there's lots of options that were presented at this work session I mean I think there were up to nine different possibilities that were presented and the board um, you know wanted to narrow that down to about three or four options and then the plan is to go forward from what I understand to um, I think probably meet again to talk about it but then roll that out to the community again um, but again now I think the issue is the capacity you know and, and then also probably looking at centralizing um, the pre-k program you know which would then free up space um, you know to roll fifth graders possibly back into the elementary schools um, Question number nine. What are your views on the role of technology in education and what issues related to technology should the board be responsible for addressing? Um, let's see, technology is, is just, I can't even keep up with it. And um, I, I think I, you know, I'm continually hearing new and different things that have been incorporated into the schools and, and it's difficult for me to even wrap my head around what that might look like as far as opportunities that our kids have now. Um, I mean, it's incredible. I think, um, you know, the, the concern as far as um, an issue related, you know, that the board might be responsible for addressing again is that relationship you know, I mean, the board will um, sit and listen to recommendations from administration or other folks as far as what might be um, added as far as technology, and, and, you know, that's a budget item. So, again, balancing that and making sure that other um, areas within our system aren't, aren't suffering. Um, but I think it's pretty, it's pretty exciting, you know, just, to, again, um, going back to a more personal um, experience with uh, technology, you know, in the sense that I mentioned earlier that um, American Sign Language was offered for my daughter. The board approved um, the FTE to hire somebody to teach that. I think there was definitely an interest um, shown to, to have at least one section of American Sign Language, but unfortunately we were not able to um, hire a teacher for that. Um, so they supported her and, and um, she's able to take that virtually and online, um, which is not optimal because she's just this kid sitting in front of a computer learning American Sign Language and, and um, 
as much as mom has offered to help support her, that's not optimal, you know, as far as practice, with like with any language. So again, I think it was pretty cool that, I mean, that's one area that has touched um, my daughter personally within the schools to be able to, to do that, you know, through technology. Um, but again, I think as far as the, the board, um, you know, being responsible for it is just um, moderation and, and, you know, kind of managing um, the budget sense of it. You know, I don't feel like it's the board's responsibility to micromanage, you know. Um. Question number 10. Why do we have persistent achievement or opportunity gaps, and how do we ensure student success is no longer predictable by student race or any other cultural, economic, or social factor? Another great question. Um, you know, I, again, I've been trying to wrap my head around this, and, and the last board meeting um, had a lot of conversation, and, and the presentation was a lot uh, looked a lot at key measures, um, and you know, some of these these concerns, and and as far as uh, opportunity gap, I like to be positive. Um, you know, we're, we're focused on a little bit. I'm still trying to, to learn, you know, what to say about this, you know, or to really answer this question, I'm, I'm, you know, besides what may be more obvious to people. Um, you know, I feel like if you look at the numbers over the last 10 years, you know, they might, they might look really different. And um, I think we're seeing improvements, um, and I know that that isn't enough for some people, you know. And, but I don't know that it's possible to just fix something right now um, in one, uh, you know, with one magic wand again. Um, but I think to focus on the positive, you know, and and um, and to seeing those improvements and knowing. You know, and I can speak for myself, but I feel very confident that the, the school as a whole, you know, administration and the board, you know, are, are constantly looking to improve things and do things better. Um, and it's not to say people don't make mistakes along the way, um, but I think there is a commitment to that, and I have a commitment to that. Um, you know, as far as how do we ensure, uh, or the second part of that question, um, I think you know, examples of things that the school is doing and trying to do to, to reach, um, you know, different cultural, economic, social, and different races of kids who may be struggling more than others. You know, programs like um, the EBL, you know, Extending Bridges of Literacy program, AVID, um, which I think is a really cool program. Um, I think if we can continue to do things like that, um, that can address that, you know, and, and hopefully um, ensure that, that those kids are, are working towards what, you know, their individual success might be for them, you know, but just continuing to support them. Question number 11. How should the school division ensure student success in the world of work and college beyond academics? Another great question. Um, I feel like, you know, the school, um, 
does a lot of great things while the kids are, are, are there. They, they have them for a lot of time during the day. Um, but I feel like, you know, there's things that, that the community needs to embrace and make sure that we stay part of. Um, and I think, you know, those things are happening as far as um, working towards internships, apprenticeships, um, trying to, to, you know, continue to work with KTEC um, as far as uh, preparing those kids to be ready for the workforce and, and, and to be good citizens, um, making sure that there's well-paying careers, you know, available to them. Um, you know, again, looking at, at the individual's needs, um, you know, their expectations, you know, having high expectations for them, um, get, you know, making sure that, that every child is met with, you know, a positive um, message, you know, um, that they are getting uh, just, just positives from the time they start our educational system to the time that they walk out and that the community is prepared um, to embrace them and, and support them as well. Lisa Larson Torres, thank you for participating in this interview with Charlottesville Tomorrow. Thank you.